Thank you for tuning in to Detail Memoirs. This episode is brought to you by Rotafest and Zenware. Rotafest is the most powerful mobile invoicing software designed for auto detailers and recon professionals on the market today. More than just a mobile invoicing app, it gives you a complete suite of tools to manage your business. Yes, it has a mobile app designed for the iPhone and Android to decode the VIN and create an invoice in the field. But it also includes integration with QuickBooks, customer management tools, text and email reminders, reports, and now inventory management is included in this powerful suite of tools. Learn more about Rotafest at rotafest.com. All right, good Gents and ladies, and welcome to another episode of RotaFest Detail Memoirs. As you can tell, we're a little separated today, but that we are committed to bringing you a podcast that impacts your business. I'm Jody. And I'm Rod Pusey. And as always, our podcast is sponsored by ourselves, RotaFest. And, uh, and a big shout out today to the IDA. Uh, getting ready to wrap things up and head to the MTE. And IDA has been a phenomenal group. We just talked to Cheryl yesterday. And so just just extra shout out to the IDA. If you're not a member, you should be. Go look them up. So we are we are super excited because uh, today our guest is uh, Mr. Brett Berry, owner of Shiny Jets Detailing. And uh, I'm telling you, if you want uh, some experience, some training, some knowledge, some expertise in uh, the art of uh, detailing airplanes, this is your man. So welcome, Brett. We're excited to have you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, no, it's good. So I, I, uh, I, I just got, you know, I have a lot of questions for, for, for you this today. And, uh, but first of all, before we get into those questions, how did you uh, get into uh, detailing period? And specifically, how did you get into detailing planes? Uh, I used to have a job operating heavy equipment and I hated having a job being told when I had to be there, when I could be off. If I had to, I had to ask if I could get a day off to spend hours of my life how I wanted to. And I wasn't, I wasn't happy with that. So I started detailing cars after work and I got to the point where I paid off all my bills and I said, Oh, I made this weekend after work, I made more money than working two eight hour shifts, three, eight hour shifts. So I said, why am I doing this still? Right. And, uh, so I was, detailing on the weekends and I, I, uh, fractured two vertebrae riding dirt bikes. And, uh, after that, I just decided not to go back to operating heavy equipment and just, just time with the cars and then detailed cars for about two years. And I was tired of, I was just looking, I was like, man, every day I'm spending 20 to $50 in gas. I was like, this is ridiculous just to go do a few cars run around like a madman. And, um, because of my background in, uh, operating heavy equipment, um, working for developers, you know, cutting house pads, streets, roads, curbs, gutters, all that stuff. I saw that I, I, I'm friends with the, my old owners, uh, or the owners of that company still to this day, we talk maybe once a month and he said, it's slowing down. I was like, Oh no. And the first thing that starts happening 
when the economy slows is the developers stop moving lots of dirt. They'll just finish up building houses on the house pads. They already got cut. They're not going to keep cutting streets. They're not going to keep cutting the tops off mountains. Um, and so I was like, Oh man. And I was like, who's still going to have money when the economy takes a dive? Who do you guys think? Yeah. The, the guys, people. nice cars and airplanes <laughs> guys, <and> jets. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I used to actually operate heavy equipment as well. And my indicator of when things were getting slow is when, when my job for the week was go out into the desert to our lot and move that pile of dirt from over there to over there. That's when I knew yeah. weeks on end of moving the dirt from that pile to that pile. I'm like, they have nothing for me to do. Yeah. 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 So, and it was just a, a mindless job. You're just, I mean, so it was, it, it was cool. I mean, I enjoyed grade checking and it challenged you a little bit reading plans and stuff. And, you know, um, but yeah, it just wasn't for me. And so 2008 came around and I decided to go full, uh, tilt on aircraft. And I, um, you know, sent out 60 fly. One of my customers owned 60 hangers at a local airport and I sent out 60 flyers and I did get one phone call. <clears throat> wow. And so I just made sure that I was doing really good work, communicating with the owners on what they needed, what they wanted, learning the aircraft. And, um, and then I got a one cut and then I got a few more customers with some big jets and then just kept growing. And then next thing you know, one of my customers became a billionaire personally from his business in three years. And, uh, he bought, uh, 27 warbirds, like wow. Vintage and, uh, vintage aircraft. Uh, the, the collection was worth roughly like $90 million, something like that. It's probably up over, it's probably worth over a hundred million now, but, um, <clears throat> so we were restoring a lot of those and that's kind of why I cut my teeth. There was, there's no, you know, Hey, I've got this, you know, PBY Catalina with a hundred foot wingspan fabric wing and, uh, there's stains in it and it just came from Africa and the windows are all scratched up. <laughs> and so, wow. One of there's the kind no of training windows. for that. I, I, I noticed that there's no place to go to train for that kind of thing. So. No. And that's, that's <coughs> my thing. It, it's like, I had to look at things logically and, <laughs> Yeah. investigate them and study the substrates and then find out what damages them, how to restore them and then how to protect them logically. Cause yeah. there's just no one out that, there. Doing. That's one of the things that Jody and I've had a really, really, we've been very blessed and a unique opportunity that we've been uh, in part of air force one, the, the project that Rennie Doyle and the detail mafia do on air force one and the, the museum of flight in, in Washington <laughs> And um, very similar in the sense that there, there are planes on there that, you know, we have a chemist on site and uh, some of the operation process, you know, we are spraying very, very mild chemicals, just cleaning agents, and we'll get paint bubbled. Um, I had a situation underneath a, a plane under a 727 where on the landing gear they had restored it, and I don't know what they use for paint, but we sprayed just a, a really mild um, paint prep on it and it started bubbling paint 
Um, and so, you know, we're calling over the, the guys that are restoring it from the museum and calling over the chemist. And we're talking about, you know, what, what, the, what could possibly be the reaction with this? It's supposed to be an epoxy paint. It's only a cleaning agent. It doesn't have caustic stuff in it. We're like, you know, basically stop and, you know, go for it. And then, then you're just wiping it down at that point. But it's, it's a different perspective. And I, and I, I don't think people quite understand. And a lot of the, uh, the stuff you're working on, it, it uh, the, the term we use is it's, it's protection, not perfection. You're not trying to perfect the, um, the airplane. You're trying to protect it and, and preserve it. Um, and you're, it, there's, there's issues, but they're not coming out. You're not going to town polishing that paint down to a mirror finish because it's the only one. I mean, it's, it's like 727 number one, serial number number one. You're not going to take the paint off that plane. You know? So not, similar to what you're talking about with a canvas plane with a 100-foot wingspan, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I, I see a lot of uh, people saying that they did a paint correction on an aircraft. I don't think that's um, the proper thing to do. Uh, they only have so much paint on the surface Merely all we want to do is get the oxidation out um, because we only have so much paint. It's not like where you can just go repaint a, a fender on a truck. Um, it costs a lot more to repaint aircraft. So, um, yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people just, they don't understand the industry. I think it is. They just come, it could be a, a car detailer and he's like, Oh yeah, I can paint correct. And then he's working on paint correct and the thing. And it's like, man, you know, you can only do that. You can only buff a plane so many times before you start burning through rivets and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, when, and I really appreciated a post you had a couple of weeks ago because you get hammered quite a bit on how do I price out a detail of a, a plane? Mm -hmm. And you went through like 12 minutes of just detailed um, consideration that you need to really look at when you're estimating a plane. And as I was listening to you, I thought of two things. One, I thought, you know, there's a lot of detailers that want to get into plane detailing, but they're trying to shortcut the process by just calling you and say, hey, what, what should I charge? And two, they're not taking the time mm -hmm. to really learn the planes, learn, you know, the substrate, learn bright work, all those things. And so it really made me realize how different an animal planes are, especially with mine and Rod's experience at Air Force One but just you every day on different types of plane, how critical that is. And so I wanted to have you talk a little bit about that because I think it's so critical because so many people try to shortcut the process instead of doing what it takes to do it right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, seeing as there was no training for me, um, I wasn't on the internet at the time when I was doing starting out with all those warbirds and stuff like that, which, um, <clears throat> So that sucks. I didn't really take many photos. It was just whatever. <laughs> it was just work. And uh, um, so when someone asked me for a price, the first thing I do know to be a fact is that they're not going to be as efficient as I am to get the same results. So mm -hmm. for them to keep their hourly rate at what it should be, their, their price is going to be higher than mine. 
um, if they want to make money. Uh, if, if they do use my price, um, they're going to lose money and they're going to probably, they probably would have been better off just going and washing cars. Um, and they're not going to get the same results as, as us. So what I ended up telling them is I said, look, you know, look at, you know, say you got a challenger 350, how many motorhomes is that? Mm. You know? And I said, maybe that's two and a half motorhomes, like a 40 foot plus another, you know, I think challenger 350 is what I, I think it's like 50 feet, something like that. So maybe it's a big coach. So you're like, how, how long is that going to take me to wash it? How long is it going to take me to polish it and mm-hmm. then ceramic coat it? And then you add on the wings, the top and bottom, cause you're going to polish the top. You're going to polish the bottom, which they're easier to reach less scissor lift work. Um, so, and I said, that's how I started out. Then I started cross referencing different aircraft so that I could come up with, with, you know, how to bid aircraft. And then I cross referenced larger aircraft, smaller aircraft, and came up with a process on how to price aircraft quickly and efficiently and precise. Yeah. So I just, I just said, I'm not going to give you my 14 years of experience. (laughs) Right. Uh, I'm just not, no one is so that you can just go do it. Uh, and not probably not do it without insurance probably, you know, and I said the first step, the first step before you do anything is you're going to go to the airport. You're going to go to the administration building. You're going to ask them what their, what their requirements are to detail at the airport. The ones here, they asked if you've been trained or what your experiences with aircraft detailing, they ask you, they give you their insurance requirements. Then you, you go shop your insurance and then you can come up with how much it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. And then you can tell the customer, Hey, um, I know you need a detail and you're probably going to get the plane washed once a month. Um, and this is the insurance cost I'm taking on. Do you know any other customers that would possibly want to have their aircraft detailed as well? Because I'm taking on this, this, uh, this financial strain of more insurance just for one aircraft. So, yeah. Uh, and I, there's a lot of questions there that people have about general business that I think they, <clears throat> as Jody said, they're not really thinking through it. They're kind of jumping into it. They're, they're jumping into it head first. I, I was going to, I was going to say with both feet, but they're jumping into it head first and they're going to crash because the insurance on an airplane <clears throat> is horrendous compared to, you know, I mean, even if somebody's working on exotics, uh, it's similar, but you're, you're, you know, a hundred thousand dollars is a drop in a bucket, mm-hmm. you know? And when, if you're working on hundred thousand dollar cars, you know, you're working on some higher end cars, planes are unbelievably expensive and you can't just, uh, like you mentioned, I can, I can, I can accidentally damage a vehicle. I can accidentally damage the fender of a Ford F-150 and I can have it fixed almost the same day. Mm-hmm. If you damage the wing of an exotic airplane, that's a one-off paint color, you're not going to have it fixed the same week. That's no. And then also it's missing a flight Mm -hmm. that the, the, the broker, the pilots, the pilots are making a thousand to $3,000 a day 
the customer, you know, a trip from uh, San Diego to Florida in a Gulfstream 650 is probably a hundred thousand dollars. So because you were, you know, cutting corners and not knowing what you're doing, you cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you're going to be on the hook for that too. Yeah. Insurance is a huge thing. And even just an errors and omissions insurance policy, we, Jody and I are doing a, um, a business series. A lot of people ask for business uh, information with, with Prentice St. Clair, who's been doing automobiles and, and uh, for years, but insurance is one of the most highly overlooked things that people don't understand is you need to do it legitimately. You're not going to cut corners, go do it the right way. Um, get all the insurance you possibly can, because that one time you make a mistake, you are, you know, it's not just the end of a business. It, it goes after you personally. So you can't cut corners on stuff like this. If you're going to get into airplanes, you need to go the right path. And, um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the end too, it still just is paint on a surface. Sure. But you need to understand what those surfaces are. Mm-hmm. And additionally, you don't have to go in the plane and fly it. So a plane is, a uh, it, it sits on the ramp it, the engines spool up, it takes off, it flies Mach, you know, 0.7, 0.8, 0.9. And then like a, it, then the airplane has to slow itself down so it can land. So it's slowing a bullet down basically so it can land. Whereas a car just is always on the ground, (laughs) you know? So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a whole different ball game in, your customers need to trust you. Uh, the pilots need to trust you. Everyone needs to trust you. It's a trust thing. So yeah, we always make sure everyone feels comfortable and we review with the pilots, what we did or what we should do consult with them to see like, Hey, what's, what's the best option, you know? And the other thing too, is like, are they selling the jet in two years? I had a customer that, he keeps buying new planes. I'm like, I'm not ceramic coating this one, unless you're going to keep this one for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, We can put a one year on it or something, but (laughs) yeah, it's like I ceramic coated his Meridian and then he had it for six months and bought a Pilatus. I'm like, okay, are you going to keep this plus? He's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to write this one off for the next five years. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Three years later, we found a, you know, (laughs) Yeah. So, so I'll be, I'll ceramic coat your Pilatus. <laughs> so, so let's talk, let's talk about your training a bit, because I know you offer a very extensive online training program and I, and I haven't seen anyone anywhere else. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I was planning on traveling, uh, all over the world to train before COVID um, and COVID hit. And so I was like, Hmm, what do we do here? So I was like, you know, I've been wanting to build an online course and no one's done it in detailing. And, uh, I'm always just trying to push the envelope personally. I, uh, you know, we just built an app for pricing for our students. So they got an app on their phone come April 1st when it launches. So I said, let's, let's build an online course. So I built an online course uh, going over all the surfaces on aircraft that I personally uh, have built my business with. And uh, we go over basically 
uh, how things deteriorate, uh, how to restore them, how to protect them, how to maintain them. Um, I go, I dive deep into microfiber towels. I dive deep into the products, uh, their purposes. Um, and then I try to over-educate them on stuff that they don't really need to know, but they fully understand it mm-hmm. so they can articulate it to a customer instead of, uh, with analogies, instead of like trying to get all sciency on them. Right. So the goal is of the course, it's some, it's a lot of repetitive stuff. Uh, cause I just want to beat it into their head, but, um, it helps them understand things so that they can articulate to their customers without boring them, um, over science and technology. Cause they don't care. They just want right. a shiny jet. <laughs> yep. Indeed. <clears throat> so, so one of the questions that I'm sure you get all the time is uh, what do you recommend the first, very first step that somebody get it, that wants to get into doing airplanes does? Do you go and try to just do maintenance washes or what do you give them as advice if, you know, Hey, I want to get into doing airplanes, mm-hmm. you know, step one. Mm-hmm. Well, at most airports, aircraft or detailing or our caliber of detailing is, is not around. Um, these, they're just finishing with rotary buffers, not ro- yeah, rotary and a wool pad and a glaze and a sealant and sending out the door a couple washes later, you got holograms all over the aircraft. Um, but it's shiny. That's <laughs> so that's kind of what they're it. doing. But, um, I basically like, I we went over is, is do the homework and see which airports are in your area. See what, what other detailers are there um, and understand that if you, you know, see what type of insurance requirements they are and then, and then look into training um, because it's just going to expedite your process. I have a student that was just cleaning a few planes here and there in December, uh, actually in November. And now she is, detailing jets. She's ceramic coating jets. She just got a jet. She started today uh, that I was talking with her about over the phone, $6,500 ceramic coating on a small jet. The company wants to fly her down to Tampa, Fort Lauderdale to detail their other jets um, just from taking my online course. So she went from doing a few little box masters, detailing cars and paycheck to paycheck or, or, scraping pennies by to just <laughs> doing more ceramic coatings than me this month. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that means you're a good trainer. Yeah, that's, I was going to say, that's, I mean, that's kind of the idea of the whole thing. There's a lot of people out there that, you know, uh, just elevating the industry in general, you're gonna, you're gonna lift somebody up. I mean, it's, it's, that's the way it goes. And that's the idea of training is, you are giving people a shortcut. I don't know if people realize that, but going to a training by somebody that spent what 14 years learning it the hard way, you, you, you shortcut a lot of the stuff that you had to do and they get, okay, don't do these 10 things. I just saved you five years of your life. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and I think people need to take advantage of that. I am, uh, I'm somebody that's, I have a really diverse background, but I have trainings and certifications and a ton of stuff. Like I said, you, I, I'm similar to you. I drove heavy equipment. Um, I've, 
had a, a certification as a ASC certified mechanic. I've restored cars. I've painted cars. I've got a, you know, skills validated certified detailer. Um, I have a certification in residential building inspections, electrical roofing. I've got, I, I constantly learn. And the whole reason for that tirade is because I think that if you're not learning something new all the time, you kind of stagnate. I mean, I, I love to learn new things. Um, just because it's a new thing and it it's it gathers your attention and you go you know and you you go and do it and you may not use it you may not ever become you you know i may not ever become you and do as many planes as you do but if i've got a a connection in my area and i want to detail planes it's a great way i think to do um more than you're doing today i think that is the key in the last couple of years is expand your service offerings um, Boise doesn't have a massive airport. We have, we do have an airport here, but somebody needs to take advantage of that and go to those hangars out there and do the planes that are out there because um, it, you know, $6,500 for a ceramic coating is a big supplement to somebody who's used to doing, you know, $150 maintenance washes on cars. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing too. So um We've been working really hard to, cause our, our courses were expensive and they were five days. So I worked really hard at, uh, we built a hybrid course. So it's half online and half in person. So they're not having to spend as much time away, um, to learn how to detail aircraft. So they take the online course before they come to our class, nice. then they come and do the hands-on portion all the services oh, they learn, we just knock it out a lot quicker. So we're not having to spend classroom time. So that's definitely, um, we're the only ones doing that and able to lower their costs. Um, we're the only ones with an app basically that they can punch in and, and pop out prices for every single service coming April 1st. And, uh, that's the thing with your, your guys, you know, road FS is, uh, you guys are, are giving them a shortcut. Yeah. Like I yeah. am. Yeah. That's and cool. I think that's the main thing is, you know, as I, I came in a little late to this cause I was in the middle of, of, of onboarding a new client and, uh, I was talking about him a little bit with, with you guys is, you know, the young guy and, and just him, him and his wife and they've really hit it hard. But the key in my mind is that they're willing to learn and they're willing to take those shortcuts and expand on them. Um, you know, and that's what I love to see is that people that will take the, any kind of software and any kind of technology and use it to their advantage to help advance their business. Um, where I, I've got a client here in town that, you know, uh, he's got 15 mobile guys and they told me this one guy, he's our worst guy. You're not going to, he's not going to get it. He's an older guy. He's, he's just, he's going to be your worst nightmare. He is the best person on this software that we have. I talk to him a couple of times a year just because he calls to see how I'm doing. I, he doesn't have problems. He doesn't break the software. He uses it to his advantage. He's found shortcuts that I wouldn't have thought about. And I think that people need to kind of just go into technology with an open mind. I think it's great that you have an app that goes along with your training uh, because I think that's what a lot of people are lacking is, okay, it's, it's, I've done the training. It's the, okay, what now? Right. And you see a lot of people on the forums of, well, how do I price this or what do I do here? And it's like the first thing you want to type in there is, well, you need to know your area. 
every area is different. Every region is different. Um, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be at the bottom. You don't want to necessarily be at the top unless you're at that level in your area. And I think that that business training, which a big plug for uh, RotoFS at the Mobile Tech Expo, again, Jody and I are doing some speaking engagements. And a lot of what we talk about is businesses and our, our focus this at the end of January at MTE is going to be three things you can do right now to improve your business. Because mm-hmm. I think we look at a lot of stuff of, I can improve my business. I can do that thing. And it's like, no, it's, it's right now. You, why wait? Do it right now. Get those things implemented and, and, and reap the benefits of that instantly. Yeah, it's so, going to take stuff. On, that's the, that's the purpose of tools. It makes things easier. Yeah. That's yeah, why we don't hand compound paint. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. We use road FS to make things easier for booking clients and managing clients. Yep. And you yeah. keep the old stuff around as nostalgia. I still have the original black and Delker polisher that I had the very first one, it still works. I'm a little scared when I start it, but it's this big old, na- you know what it is. It's big and nasty of black and Decker rotary. And, yeah. and I will, uh, I, I don't reveal this secret very often, but I actually, I actually had to um, unglue the wool pad from the rotary at one point because the, the it was the old tie one, you know, we had to tie the pad on there and the pad kept spinning. And so I actually put rubber cement on the, backing plate to hold that up. <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> just don't that's push funny. too hard you're fine you'll be yeah fine. yeah don't push too hard <laughs> so so brent looking back kind of in wrap up here looking back over your years of experience what do you think are some critical things that business owners need to implement in their business to really help them weather the the journey of being a business owner? Um, to whether being a business owner, man, you got to be mentally tough. It's, they call it what? Emotional quotient. Instead of IQ, it's EQ. Yep. You just get hit <laughs> with stuff every single day and you got to be able to just deal with them. You got to, you got to make a list and, and knock out that list. If you don't, you're going to go home and you're going to actually not feel accomplished. So every day you need to be working towards either bettering yourself, bettering your business, bettering your customer's experience and actually doing it, not talking about it. And that that's the difference. That's how you can, you can handle that stuff. If you're not growing, you're shrinking and you know, doing all these tasks every day, knocking out what you need to get done, getting off your butt and doing those things will boost your mental toughness and, and you'll be able to handle things that are thrown at you. I, I, every day I get, I got stuff thrown at me and I, my, my uh, sales guy that works for me is like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, it's just, stuff you got to do. That's oh. what we do, right? That's what we yeah. do as business owners. You dig in deep. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> well, we want to thank you for taking the time to visit with us today. <clears throat> so how do, uh, how do people get in contact with you? Uh, we have shinyjets.com. You can just uh, 
contact us there or on Instagram. We have shiny underscore jets underscore official. Uh, it's the same on Facebook and then shiny jets on YouTube. And then we have the shiny jets podcast as well. Yep. That's awesome. So go out there and subscribe to the shiny jets podcast. Go connect with Brett Berry. I mean, he's a phenomenal guy. I mean, guy, I mean, you talk about expertise. This is a guy that you want to have in your toolbox um, as a resource goes. If you're interested in training, go connect with them. Uh, Rod and I are getting ready to head to mobile tech expo. We're looking forward to seeing you guys there. Make sure you come to see us on education day. And, um, and Rod, do you have any last things to share? Well, just come see us at mobile tech expo, uh, go out and do some training. I mean, I, I can't imagine how unbelievably valuable it would be to take that online training, uh, before going to the live. I think that's a phenomenal idea, Brett. I think that's, that's really a, a, a cool innovation that's come around because of the situation we're in. And that's kind of a overcome and adapt thing that probably has turned into something very successful because by the time I show up at that training, I'm going to, I'm going to be miles ahead. So my students don't even really have questions when they come yeah. to class. Like, you guys got any questions? They're like, no, I'm like, I'm like what? complaining <laughs> to myself and I'm like, wait, no, that's good. <laughs> nope, that's excellent. Pat so, on the back, man. Pat on the back. And, and for the guys that are the, for the guys that are on the fence about coming to training or, or, or doing the online course, I'll tell you this. I can't afford to lose the amount of money that you're going to lose not doing this course. If you're looking to yep. get into aircraft detailing, because yep. you're going to make way more money your first year coming out versus not. Yeah. Simple. I've never uh, heard somebody go to a training and go, man, I, that was stupid. I didn't learn anything. I've yeah. never heard anybody, <laughs> even a one day simple training. I've never heard that. So you're going to learn yeah. something, especially if it's a, if it's a double whammy there, the online plus the in-person that's, that's great. It kind of gets everybody's learning style. Um, that's so yeah, let's do that. That's awesome. Uh, go out. Well, thanks for having me, you guys. Yeah. And, um, I hope mobile tech goes well. I was only going to be able to go for one day and I wanted to do all the trainings too, just to check it out. But, um, I can't make it, I could only make it for one day. So it's, it's, um, it's not, not in the books for me this year, but we'll be at SEMA. We'll be at mobile tech next year. So. Yep. That's Absolutely. awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Brett. Thank you guys for joint tapping in every week with us. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Um, next week, we have another one of our Business 101 series with Prentice St. Clair. So we will check you guys same time, same bad channel just next week. Yep. See ya. See you later. Bye, Shiny. That's right. Bye, Shiny. <laughs> <laughs>